Vince Murata. Newsmakers Week 2024 continues on Tuesday. We'll cover a lot of ground. U of A football, ASU football, Phoenix Mercury, Phoenix Open, Phoenix Rising FC, and Cactus League. I told you we're covering a lot starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports. Welcome back to the show. Final hour of the show live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. And got a little football, a little time to talk football before Christian Walker joins us in about 12 minutes, Wolf. So get all your questions ready for Christian Walker. What would you do if I jumped in before you and I was like, Christian, how much do you bench press and how much do you weigh? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay. Because you would not do that. I wouldn't. But if I did. that is not who you are. (laughs) There are some guys out there that would do that. But that's not who I am. Uh, All right. The uh, the latest mock from Daniel Jeremiah came out uh, just before the show this morning, and I think you and I are probably at the same point with these, Wolf. I mean, there's not a whole lot of combinations at the top that you haven't seen at this point. It's more just a jumping-off point for a conversation of like, okay, well, what's what's the best way to handle this if you're the Cardinals? He has Caleb Williams going one to the Bears. He has Drake May going two to the Commanders. He has Marvin Harrison Jr. going number three to the Patriots, which Lance Zerline had that when we talked to Lance Zerline a couple weeks ago. I um, I hate that if I'm the Patriots. I need a quarterback. But after talking to Lance Zerline, one thing that did kind of stick in my head was, if I'm the Patriots, I need a quarterback. But in this case, if Jaden Daniels isn't the guy that I like believe in, I don't want to be tied to him for three years. So maybe they, I mean, if it were me, I would trade out of that spot for somebody else who does believe in Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whichever one it is. But in this scenario, he just has the Patriots taking who a lot of people believe the best player in the draft is at that point, taking Marvin Harrison Jr., which leaves the Cardinals. It's got to be an empty feeling, too. Like, you're on the clock, and the guy you just wanted is gone. Yeah, you know, once again, um, your need does not mean that you should go ahead and draft a quarterback at that point in time. You've always got to consider um, it does he belong here? You have to consider that. Yet at the same time, I realize there's a level of desperation that is there because if you don't have a quarterback and if you're not building around a quarterback, what are you doing? You're treading water yeah, for the most part. What is That's Marvin what you're doing. Harrison Jr. And a lot doing. of fan bases do not like it when you tread water, do they? No, no, they don't. And, and, and specifically to then turn around and take a receiver. You know, it would be one thing if it's like, hey, we're building this thing from the ground up. We've got Bailey Zappi right now, uh, Mac Jones. I don't even really have those guys anymore. But if, if you know, but we don't believe in Jaden Daniels, we're not going to get tied to him. So we're going to take the best tackle in the draft, or we're going to trade down to stay there and take a receiver that you don't have anybody that can get him the ball is <laughs> is odd, but also not impossible. So that would leave the Cardinals at four with no Marvin Harrison there. But I mean, Jaden Daniels is still there, so you probably could find a trade partner. Or in this case, for Daniel Jeremiah, he just has them not messing around, stay at four, and he has them taking Malik Neighbors. Yeah, you know, um, listen, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there, um, pass the Kleenex, first of all. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. We might need to go off we'll the wipe, air <laughs> that night. We'll wipe a tear away, based on our we'll, we'll regroup, and we'll stand up, and we'll throw the shoulders back and square the jaw and wipe the tear away. But after that, I could see a Paris Johnson Jr. effect coming into play, a move from Monty Ossenford where maybe he trades down, trades down in the draft, collects another bivy of draft picks, 
and then moves back up at some point in time. How far up? I don't know. How far back? I don't know. But I trust Monty to get that right. I do. That's an important part of all this. I trust Monty to get it right. Now, that's tough, right, to, to go – in that spot and be like, okay, in this spot, trade down and then trade back up. Like you, <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts, and you're the only one on the clock at that point. Nobody else. I mean, if it's really, if it really is, hey, we want Marvin Harrison Jr., and he goes, and the next word out of the commissioner's mouth is Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to New England, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Everybody you're trying to make a trade with, they're not on the clock. So I'm, I'm with you in that case. I'd rather trade down a few spots, get something, because I think you could still get neighbors or Odunze, you know, in the 8 to 10-ish range. Mm-hmm. We were looking at Chad Reuter's mock last week. He had them trading down to 12 and taking neighbors. Yep. Jeremiah has him staying at four and taking neighbors. I like Malik neighbors. I think he's going to be really good. He might end up, I mean, who knows where he ends up. He might have the best career out of any of these guys. But he's the smallest of the receivers, and I'm tired of the Cardinals having smaller receivers. And that is one of the things we've been talking about as well, is this draft base and earnings coming up, it's really, really deep in two positions. Um, It's really deep in others as well, but two specific positions, and that is tackle or offensive line. If you want to say offensive line, it's very, very deep. There might be eight offensive linemen drafted in the first round. Eight. That's pretty deep. And there could be up to seven wide receivers drafted in the first round. Man, those are those are good trends for the Arizona Cardinals going forward because they could use an offensive lineman and they could use a wide receiver. So with that in mind, look, I understand it's fluid and stuff could change on draft night. But you've got two first-round picks. Don't you feel like you need to come out of the first round with a wide receiver and an offensive lineman, whatever order you do it in? Yes, you know, once again, that's a situation where who do you have rated and why do you have them rated there? What will a tackle do? What will an offensive lineman do for the Arizona Cardinals going forward? This is this is the new philosophy. It's not who's the best player. It's what will this player do? How do you see this player fitting into our scheme? How do you fee, how do you see him fitting into our culture? Um, by way of example, right now, the quickest way to Kyler Murray and to get him off his mark is what? In the A-gaps. Right up the middle. Yeah. In the A-gaps. Are you strong enough with Will Hernandez? You feel really good at right guard. Are you strong enough in the A-gaps? Is there a left guard that is, is there an interior offensive lineman that is out there that you covet, that you love, that maybe you could get at number 27, right? Is there an interior? I, I think you have to consider how the player fits into the Arizona Cardinals scheme in their situation. I, that, it's funny as you say that, I'm sure people are like, well, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, but there are teams that don't do that, and you can see it. There's a lot of teams that, once again, we're going to take the best player available. Yeah. That's what that's the way they're going to sell it to you. The best player available. That's what we're going to do. But it's ranked on this, 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 this. It's not what is he specifically going to do for this team, and I think that is what is different with the Arizona Cardinals. It's not about the player. It's about what he's going to do for the team. Yeah, it's it's like. If we needed a fill-in host, would we hire the best dentist available? Right. <laughs> like, but this guy's the best dentist. Okay. Right. 
but <laughs> we don't need them to work on anybody's teeth here. Maybe wolves. I mean, you never know. But That's it's, right. it's <laughs> I'll let you mention it. Now that I mention it. Um, I tell you, though, as, as we go through this, and, and we're going to be talking about it, obviously, uh, more as we get closer to the draft. Maybe this is me trying to like defense mechanism in case they don't get Marvin Harrison Jr. But for me, Wolf, it really is just get one of those top three receivers, if at all possible. Marvin Harrison Jr. to me is on a different level, specifically for what you were just saying. I think he fits with the Cardinals need. You've said this before. Give Kyler Murray a big target. Yes. Like that. That is yes. Malik Neighbors isn't small, but he's like a fast six footer. It's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but he's not six four. No. He's not 6'4", and he doesn't have a catch radius that Marvin Harrison Jr. Exactly. has. And you feel like that's what the Cardinals – and, you know, by all accounts, Marvin Harrison Jr. is also better. But but Neighbors is good, too. Uh, I But I do think – I mean, More once, explosive. once you get past those top three, you're kind of dropping into guys that could be really good at receiver, but there's no guarantees. You know, even Brian Thomas, Troy, Frank, uh, Troy Franklin, those two I like, and then you're kind of really – you're getting into some unknown. Uh, all right. So when we come back, what can we expect from the 2024 Arizona Diamondbacks as spring training is getting underway? We're going to ask their first baseman. Christian Walker will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Woke. Hey, it's Gambo. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. We're back to react to the first full squad workouts for the Arizona Diamondbacks and tell you some guys we're keeping an eye on in camp, starting at 2 on Arizona Sports. Yeah, look, I love spring training. I think if you live in this city, other than the fact it's maybe a little extra traffic, but who can even tell at this point? Um, <laughs> Get over the traffic. I, oh, no, I can't. No, just let it go. It's getting worse and worse. There's a lot of people out there that need jobs, yeah, and it, our economy is booming because of it. And you know you know what those people think? They're right now, they're saying, I agree with Luke. The traffic is out of control right now. It is out of control. Um, but uh, Turn your blinker on, please. <laughs> Spring training. I love spring training. Love. I mean, you can you can feel it in the air. That said, the regular season starts five weeks from this Thursday. Well, I mean, you got Wisconsin <laughs> plates. Use your blinker. You obviously drove all the way down here. Maybe they drove straight though. They never turned. <laughs> straight shot. Please maybe, help us out. Maybe there's a road in Wisconsin we don't know about where you just you, it points right towards Phoenix and you just drive straight for like a fifteen hundred. I know all you think is you matter, you matter, you matter, and nobody else matters. It's all about you, so don't use your blinker, please. Now, help a brother now, out. Now who's got to get over traffic? Okay, well, you brought it up. <laughs> I didn't bring up the blinker. Um, so the Diamondbacks, their season will begin at Chase Field uh, March 28th against the Colorado Rockies. Their spring training schedule begins on Friday at Salt River Fields against the Colorado Rockies. So we're just going to renew that rivalry with Colorado that really only Wolf feels strongly about. Yeah. You know, how great is that, first of all? You know, the, the Rockies, and it all started with Troy. Tulowitzki. Did he cut course. you off and not use his turn signal? <laughs> is that where this yeah, is all going? Yeah, he may have actually, okay. just based on how he was competing. I just didn't like his face mm. and the way he acted sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> was, was Troy Tulowitzki a controversial player? <laughs> no, it just it just drove me nuts. Okay, that's fine. I don't know why. That's fair. Um, why did you? You got me distracted. Because they're they're starting. Totally. They're starting the Cactus League schedule and the regular season schedule with the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. I really do. Um, just the fact that uh, the Diamondbacks had a very successful season, and why not kick it off in this kind of fashion? 
where you can remember and recall the fact that the Diamondbacks had a very successful kind of season against the Rockies. It just makes you feel better. <laughs> I'm just, I remember back to the start of last season and the focus there was on the first 10 games, which I think was eight. Dodgers and two Padres, and it was it was it was very it was all Dodgers and Padres, whatever the breakdown was. Remember, Padres. and it was like, can can you can you get through the start of the season and be hanging around? Uh, and they did. It was the obviously. first ten games, yeah, remember that? And it was it was it was eight Dodgers, two Padres. So eight Dodgers games in the first eight. 10 last we were year. like, what is going on? And remember, we were talking about that man. If they could just finish five hundred, yeah, somewhere around there. And they went uh, six and four. They six went and five four. and three against the Dodgers. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, this year, it's not. It's not that. It's um, you start with the Rockies, and then they have the Yankees uh, at at Chase Field. So I mean, that'll be that'll be quite the environment. In the second series of the season hosting the Yankees, and they get the That's... Braves. So their first ten games are Rockies, Yankees, Braves. That is so weird. What you just said right there, too. They went five and three against the Dodgers. Yeah. Do you see any significance in those two numbers? I, 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 yeah. Five and three. Yeah. They went five and three against the Dodgers to start the season base in audience. And in a five-game series, they swept three, right? Yes, later. In, yes. <laughs> in a five-game <laughs> series, the playoffs, yes. they won three. They swept them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a precursor. I love that. It that was, is so cool. It was foreshadowing for uh, for what was coming up later. The omen the was there, basically. Uh, we were talking to Joey Jackson earlier, too. Uh, she brought up a, an interesting point with Jordan Lawler. And this would extend, I would say, to any position player. I don't know that it extends uh, to, to, to young pitchers. But young position players, I don't know that there's a lot of room to make this team. You know, I'm sure one of them will. And and look, it's not all about who makes the team out of spring training. Obviously, they got to have guys ready at, at, at the uh, the minor league level. And if Jordan Lawler doesn't make the team right out of spring training, I'm sure we're going to see him at some point. And, and he is somebody with the upside where he might just be so good that they're like, we got to play him. We don't have a choice. We have to get him out there. Um, but this is a team now. They're different from where they ended last season, Wolf, in that they've added some vets. They've added quite a few vets this offseason. And the young players that they had that played last year are experienced now because they went all the way to the World Series. So this it's not like a—last year was kind of like, hey, look at all these spots that are open. What young players are going to take this? Now it's like, good luck, kid. I know. You know, I cannot help it, man. When you talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks, I, I mean this, Pesadonians. My first thought is not, hey, this is a team that went to the World Series. It isn't. My, my first thought is, do you have any idea how many young guys on this team are going to be better this year because of what they went through last year? That, that is honestly the first thing I can't get out of my head. I can't get it out. Corbin Carroll, Gabby Moreno, I mean, Alec Thomas. And what happened to Alec Thomas in the postseason and how well he performed, I, I, I can't get it out of my head. Geraldo Perdomo, Brandon Fott, it, it goes on and on. You, you talk about Jordan Lawler. You know, yeah, absolutely. Is there a possibility this kid makes, makes an impact this year on this team that's so loaded with all this young talent? Could it be even more? Pronounced with Jordan Lawler, yes, it could. But, man, if he doesn't have to come up this year, isn't that great? 
Yeah. Wouldn't that, I mean, honestly, wouldn't that be preferred if he didn't have to come up and contribute this year? Let him season another year at AAA? I, I, I'm in on that. They've got some really good prospects in the system still, too. I haven't seen any, like, I haven't looked at farm system rankings in terms of, like, ranking the teams or whatever. Like, hey, the Diamondbacks have the fifth best farm. But it's not like they emptied it to build the team they've built. They really have done a good job. Mike Hazen has done a really good job not trading away prospects they need to get some of these guys. Like, the trade for Paul Seawald. Yes, you had to trade away a young outfielder that a lot of people were liking. They needed Paul Seawald. I mean, did, did, does anybody that's a Diamondbacks fan look back now and be like, I wish we hadn't made that Seawald trade? They might not have even made the playoffs if they didn't make that trade. Yes. No, you're right about that. You know, listen, um, once again, I think the best acquisition the Diamondbacks have made this offseason, the best offseason acquisition they made is time. They have time, time to let these young guys marinate in what happened last year. I've experienced it myself. I'm not talking about World Series. I'm not talking about playoffs. I'm talking about coming up at the highest level our species can generate, coming up and performing, and performing and knowing in your heart that you belong. This is something we're going to talk about tomorrow, Basin Earnings. We are. We're going to talk about this. And Brandon fought, knowing you belong. And then the ceiling being raised for you personally, because you know you belong. How much better you can get when you've got confidence. Confidence is the currency of competition. Did you can't just wait for that. Tease tomorrow's show? I did. Wow. I did, honestly. And I've never done that before in my life. Nobody has. Broadcasting life. We call that a vertical tease in the business. Do we? That is a vertical tease. <laughs> I a, have a huge 24 hour yeah. vertical tease. Are you going to tell people which time to listen um, tomorrow or no, just because between I don't, 10 and 2? I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. Certainly not going to be now. Keep it vague so everybody has to just exactly. listen to the whole You've show. You've got to tune in. But, I mean, honestly, right now, it is something – it is the, the center of my thoughts in regard to the Arizona Diamondbacks and how much better they could possibly be this year. Not because of some of the acquisitions they've made, which, which are incredible. Eduardo Rodriguez, we're all like, hey, that's going to be really, really good for the Diamondbacks. Eugenio. Eugenio. Suarez. Jody called him Gino earlier, too. Um, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, I'm just no, going to go not. with Eugenio. You're a purist. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, how much how much better can the acquisitions make this team going forward? I, I don't know. But again, man, the young guns, how much better they can get because of what happened last year, because of the time and the experience of last year. That that is it's a good point and that's why we're going to talk about it tomorrow in more depth. That might be their fastest path to truly improving is is the fact that you've got big time. I mean you got one guy that's a potential MVP candidate when he hits a ceiling and Corbin Carroll he is a he's an MVP candidate. Uh Texas your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We're going to stick with baseball when we come back because why not? It's baseball season. Now Christian Walker will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back 
Jacks get going. They've already gotten going, but uh, but they get their first game on Friday. Christian Walker was a huge part of the success last year. Wolfie led the team in home runs, RBIs. He was third and runs scored. He was right at the center of all of it. He joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line as we get ready for 2024. Christian, thanks for the time, man. How did the offseason treat you? Oh, it was great. Thanks for having me. Offseason was great. It was it was short, but uh, that's for good reason, and, and hopefully they uh, continue to stay short. Okay, Co. so Christian, last time we had you on here, I was asking you about your weight. Okay, so <laughs> I was asking you about your weight and how much you were benching at this point in time. Can I ask you the same thing, my brother? Have you increased any of that? Uh, hopefully the bench is up. Um, haven't PR'd or anything lately, but... Yeah, a lot of shoulder work, a lot of strength work over the offseason. Weight, um, like 220, 223, something like that. Uh, A little bit leaner than last year, uh, but but feeling good. Yeah, so you've cut weight a little bit coming into this spring training. Yeah, not intentionally, um, but just just, uh, trying to make sure that I'm as strong and as lean as I can be. And, you know, if that's 220, if that's 225, as long as I feel good and feel strong, I'm okay with that. Christian, after what happened last year, and maybe there's no way to know this yet, but like how, how different do you expect things to be around the team during, even during spring training this year? Yeah, we can already tell there's, there's a little bit different of an energy. Um, and I think that's cool. I think, um, you know, you hear a lot about the same teams over and over again, and, and it's, it, it's cool when, when a team like us, you know, or a team like the Rangers comes on the scene and, and it seems like they're going to be able to have some sustained, sustained, sustained success. And, um, yeah, it's exciting, man. It, it, it makes you buy into how good we actually are. So, Christian, is there anything you're focused on as a pro coming into this spring? Is there anything you are trying to do and be intentional about in order to get better? And if so, what? Yeah, absolutely. Spring training is uh, an interesting time. I, I think a lot of people – it's easy to get caught up in just getting ready for the season and trying to define what that actually looks like can be the challenge. I think just going out and taking batting practice every day and going through the motions is, yeah, there's a lot of reps on the table, but, but for me to feel ready for the season, I need to play at game speed as much as possible. So my goal here moving forward is to get as many game-like reps as possible as soon as possible um, today, even the second day of workouts, I faced live pitchers again today. So two days in a row, we should have another two more days of live, live at-bats before games start. So to be honest, it's, it's, uh, it's just all about diving all in and, and uh, getting ready for the season. We're talking to Christian Walker. You know, Christian, you guys obviously had a magical season last year, and then you added a bunch of pieces. Uh, the Dodgers obviously added a bunch of pieces too, and they spent a ton of money. As players, do you guys ever do? You, do you talk about that? Are you caught up in that at all, or is it more just okay? There's some new guys in the in the clubhouse as we get started. Yeah, I think that's more of what it is. You know, like it's not like they were a low budget team last year. You know, like yeah. They've always been this way. That's the nature of, of how those powerhouses operate. Like they, they have the funds, and I mean they've earned it. Honestly, they've earned the right to be able to go out and spend that kind of money. I, it's nothing but but caps off to a front office who does something like that. That being said, it doesn't change how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about who's in the who's on the other side of the field from us. There's, 
you know, there's there's not a lot of teams that can hang with us, and and we know that. And you know, it doesn't matter how much how much you spend or how many years of service time the team the other team has. We're we're young and we play fast, and and you know that's that's who we are. You know, it's interesting, Christian. As a former professional athlete myself, I can I can look at expectations, and I know that going into a season, expectations can create pressure. Like last season, I don't think there was a lot of expectation that was out there. Now, you guys, of course, obviously had expectations for yourself. But I think from the exterior, those that are out there in the baseball universe, they didn't have huge expectations. This year, you guys are wearing that collar of expectation. Does it change your approach or should it change your approach at all? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think... I think it should change your approach, but I think that word expectation and pressure, I think you're right about that. What I feel around camp right now is I feel guys really excited to go out and show that it wasn't a fluke. Mm -hmm. Like I I think, I think that's, that's the hurdle, right? When a team comes off out of nowhere and they're hot on the scene and they go as far as we did, that's the next step, right? Was it sustainable? Is it long-term? Or did they catch lightning in a bottle? And I think the energy around the clubhouse is just, it's confident. There's, there's no sign of anybody thinking anything other than that's who we are and that's, that's where we're going to be. So, you know, it's, it's, it is easy to get caught up in the expectation and create a narrative that may put a little bit of pressure on yourself. But, I mean, honestly, wearing the target on your back is, that puts pressure on other people. Like, we're the ones out playing. Other people are trying to come out and knock us off. So, you know, that's, that's pressure on them. We're talking to Christian Walker. Christian, when we were out there at, at, uh, at spring training last year, there was this buzz of like, yeah, not only is it baseball season, but who knows what this team's upside could be. And you just talked about the expectations now. When did you know last season something was different and you guys might have something special? Yeah, I think it's hard to get a read in spring um, just because there's so many games and guys are on different schedules. Not a lot of time do you do you get to play with the opening day roster um, the whole time through spring and, and you're, you're playing with different players and getting to know your teammates and new teammates and it's very helpful but it takes the season and and a couple of real challenges early in the season but um, you know I would say within the first month it became pretty clear to me that this team was was capable of something special. So Christian you got a bunch of young guns of course in the clubhouse right now and I don't have to name them you know who those young guns are for the most part. Um, do you feel any responsibility? Do you feel a responsibility to give them advice? Do you feel a responsibility to model what the culture is? Do you feel any responsibility with all these young guys that are in the clubhouse? Oh uh, yeah for sure for sure and uh, I think I feel the responsibility because I want to it's it's a cool thing to be able to be a part of a, a really good team, but to be in a position where guys might look to you for answers and they may look to you for leadership. And, you know, I'm not a very vocal leader, but, but I do love to lead by example. And, and when you have a bunch of young guys who there's, there's just a lot of different personalities, right? Some guys may, they want a lead, a guy who leads by example. Some guys may need somebody who, you know, gets in their face and, and challenges them a little bit. I think, I think that's the beauty of this team is, is all the personalities and the dynamics. But, yeah, I do. I, I assume a role of leadership on this team, and um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I attach a lot of my own personal success to how this team does. 
We're talking to Christian Walker. Christian, you mentioned personality, and I think just nationally people got to really see Tori Lovello's personality during the, the postseason last year. Is that the Tori Lovello you guys already always knew and it just kind of came out more on the national stage? Yeah, for sure. He he wants to be that guy every day. Tori does a great job of knowing when to tone it back. And, um, you know, he knows when to give you a serious talk. He knows when to keep it light. Um, but that, uh, you know, that, that free and easy go have fun because you guys earned it mentality, that's, that's very much him. And as long as you show up every day and you earn it and you do it the right way, there's, uh, there's definitely a reward on the back end for sure. Well, Christian, we appreciate the time, Thank man. You, buddy. Good luck this year. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Christian Walker. Uh, led the team in home runs in RBI last year. <sighs> Third and runs. I should have asked him right there. Christian, call back. I mean, do you like woke? Is your nickname? We're going to break. Do you like Walker? We're going to break. We got to get Walker. We've got to get to the Glue Guy Award that's coming up. Oh. When we come back, who has been the MVP of the Suns so far this season? As we come out of the All Star break, and the Glue Guy Award, the uh, the Wolf, <laughs> the, the, the Wolf Invitational. Uh, Hardwood Hardware continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Wolf and Luke Show presents Suns Hardwood Hardware. Yes, the final round of Hardwood Hardware coming out of the All-Star break. The first annual. And who knows if there will be a second annual. We have two <laughs> awards left, Wolf. One, many would argue, is the biggest award. The second one, or I don't know what order we're going to do them in, is definitely, at least when we did this for football, the most controversial award on this show in particular. So, Aaron Maloney is here to bring some sanity to the show, Aaron. Which category would you like to go first? You want to start MVP or glue guy? Let's save MVP okay. for the final, shall right. we? Okay. All right. Glue Guy. And the nominees are... Grayson Allen. Man, he's just getting confidence every single day. I think, you know, when coaches and your teammates empower you to be who you are, you can go out there and play freely, and that's what he's been doing, and he's been huge for us all season. Eric Gordon. And that's why I'm here. You know, you got to... There's got to be times where when anybody's down or, you know, you almost got to have be that emergency player to where you got to come in and make things happen. And uh, I, know, I, know, I know what my role is for this team, and I just got to continue to try to get, you know, have big moments, big plays. And uh, we, we have a good enough team to where I'm able to do that in a lot of other guys. Bradley Beal. Spectacular. You know, I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. That's why we're excited to get him in, in Phoenix. And uh, he showed it tonight, 16 for 21, 43 points, played great defense, came out of the gates sharing the basketball. I think he had three assists before he got a bucket and played the game the right way. And the winner is Bradley Beal. <laughs> I swear. Knock it off. I swear. Oh, oh no. You, you did this on No, I didn't. Right, Mel? No, talk to your co-host. He actually he put that. I, well, now, hold on. Yes, I nominated Bradley Beal. And this, but this is, I had two reasons. One, I actually wanted to go Royce O'Neal. But again, like I said earlier in the show, he's only played three games for the Sun. So I felt weird doing it. Two, I guess I had three reasons. Beal seems to be the guy, based on everything we hear from Booker and KD, that's kind of like the uplifting, positive guy that kind of brings everybody together. But three, and most importantly, I knew it would bother you, Wolf, and I wanted to see if <laughs> the just, Academy... Just go to three but and the, say that was the reason why. But I, I did not expect the Academy to pick him. Now, I genuinely don't know who did you nominate. <laughs> Grayson Allen. Okay. Grayson Allen. Why did you nominate Grayson Allen? Because Grayson Allen is a two-way guy. 
uh, a three and D guy. Um, he is the glue guy. Is he the subject? Any night that the Suns play, is he the guy that's going to take the last shot? He might be in a situation where he must, but for the most part, there are three guys. There are three guys that are going to get the ball before that. Grayson Allen is a glue guy, and I was a glue guy, okay? I'm not saying it in a demeaning kind of way. Um, as a matter of fact, I took great pride in being that guy. Are you kidding me? Bradley Beal, a glue guy? I, you He's know, one of the best players in the world. I can't so we won. had seven people vote okay. in the academy. All right. And four people voted Bradley Beal. Three people voted Grayson Allen. No one voted for Eric Gordon. No, nobody voted for Eric okay, Gordon. Okay, so, yeah, seven people um, in the office. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Well, if I reveal that I'm part of this academy, I did oh. not vote for Bradley Beal. I voted for Grayson Allen because Bradley Beal is not a glue player. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for the sanity <laughs> you just provided. He just agreed with you. That doesn't make it sanity. <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to agree with what Wolf said. It's ridiculous. You have to know what a glue guy is. And you see, you're just prodding me. You're just prodding me right now. Just I knock had it off to. I had just to. Admit it. I had to. But okay. But let me let me defend it a little bit. Let me defend Friendly it a little bit. Reveal that glue guy. My pick, like I said, would have been Royce O'Neal, because I do think if we did this at the end of the season, the answer will be Royce O'Neal. But right now. Like, Eric Gordon, I think, is in a similar spot as Bradley Beal. He's not one of the big three, but throughout Eric Gordon's career, he's frequently been one of the Man. two best players on his team. Yeah. So I see your Grayson Allen pick, and I don't hate it. I just didn't want to give Grayson Allen every award. Yeah, well, he's not getting every award. Well, he's gotten two How of five so far. What do you mean, two of five? He got uh, biggest surprise, too. He's already gotten oh, biggest surprise. Oh, you know surprise. what? Honestly, that was the Academy, though. Well, this is all the Academy. The Academy just got deposed. What, by what they said, we, glue guy. What if he wins the last Bradley award too? Beal. What if he wins MVP? What if Grayson Allen just yeah. sweeps through? Well, this that's thing? not going to be the case, and I think we all understand that. Um, <laughs> what a joke! <laughs> Speaking of jokes, I, and and again, this is what it's all about. I'm getting. I'm getting pie in the face, metaphorically Can speaking, I nominate for our D-backs awards Corbin the Carroll? Glue guy, the glue guy, Buda Baker's not a glue guy, basically. He's not. I did not. He's the subject. I did He's, not nominate him. You, you take this and you glue it together with this. You're taking something and gluing it together. The glue is invisible. So somebody on uh, social media just said, Nurkic is the glue guy. Uh, this is from Seabacher44. How is he not nominated at minimum? What do you guys think about Nurkic as the glue guy? I, I don't hate that one either, honestly. I, it wouldn't would have been have my pick. I would have to stand and, and I would applaud that person for recognizing a glue guy and, and realizing it's not one of the big three who are glue. It is tougher, too, on a, on a basketball team. Like, how many of these guys are really consistently playing, right? Like, maybe 10. Four of them just got traded. One of them you got back. You, I mean, there's only so many guys that can be a glue guy. I will grant you it can't be Booker or KD. Man, you know what? I, I've got such a headache right now. We still have another I, award. I think it's the light. <laughs> I think it's this conversation that is killing me. You think it's this soothing music? Give me this. Is that not helping right at here. all? MVP. Uh, here we go. And the nominees are... Devin Booker. See the shots that I took. Wet like I'm booked. Kevin Durant. Hey. Like I'm booked. I like it. Durant. That's great. 
Oh, honestly, okay. and should I nominate Matt Ishbia? He is the MVP, right? That's true. He did get. I'm just kidding, Wolf. Yeah, thank just you. Just Katie for that. and Buck. <laughs> no, I could have done that though. Yeah, you could have Let's done. Get crazy that, with but it. The Academy has to have some credibility, a shred of credibility. Wait, before you read it, who did you pick for this, Wolf? MVP. Devin Booker. Okay, well, I picked KD, so here we go. Okay. Well, you could go either way. And the winner is five votes to two, Kevin Durant. All right. Okay. Like you said, there's really not a wrong yeah. answer there. Uh, I don't think so. KD, I think, once again, th- this is Book, and the smoldering Devin Booker needs to smolder a little bit more body, soul, and spirit. But there's no doubt about it. You could go either way on that. I'm not KD. I love KD. Do you think there's a... For them to go as far as they want in the playoffs, when we look back at the end of the season, do you think it matters which one of those guys was their best player? Like, is it? do they have a better chance to win if Devin Booker's their best player the rest of the way? Because you kind of know KD's just going to turn in a Hall of Fame caliber season <laughs> every year. <laughs> It's incredible. I think for me, the reason I took KD over Booker was just early in the season. It felt like KD was the only guy playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and he he was one of the top scorers in the NBA. But yeah, like you said, I mean, Booker has a 62 point game in the last month, and he has like a couple 40 point games in addition to that. It could be any of them. Yeah. And he's a good two way guy as well. And we all know KD's playing lights out on the defensive end of the floor. Frank Vogel played a cut earlier. Frank Vogel actually acknowledging that. This is really Frank Vogel's time, and that's the end of uh, Hardwood Hardware for the All-Star break. Um, This is Frank Vogel's time. Like, it felt like at the first part of the season, he was trying to just kind of hold it all together until everybody comes back, and now it's like, all right, Frank, these next 27 games, figure out how to put the puzzle together so that we can get going in the playoffs. Uh, All right, anything else you want to say? Well, we're out No. Okay, that's uh, that's (laughs) it for us. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.